everybody to Discover Community Church in our, we call it our midnight service, but our 11 p.m., our, our candlelight vigil. It's my favorite service of all of them that we do. Um, just so that you know, if you're new to this, um, it is quite a different format than we typically do. It is going to be a traditional call and response format, which to me is such a beautiful way for corporate prayer. What that is, if you're not familiar with that, is in your bulletins will be a line, and I will read the scripture, or I'll say the line, and then you have a response, which will be written, I believe it's in red, in there, and you will just say that. It'll be, my soul glorifies the Lord, or something like that. And what this is, just so that you understand it, it is a form of corporate prayer. It is a petition to the Lord. We're lifting our spirits up to him, we're lifting our countenance up to him, and we're lifting our prayers up to him together. And when we corporately, all at the same time, say amen, or my soul glorifies the Lord, that is a, that is a powerful corporate prayer lifting up to the Lord. So that's what this is all about. There'll be a message in the middle, we'll serve communion in the middle, and then at the end there'll be a candle lighting. So if you don't have a candle, you might be sure that you get one of those. We'll come around and we'll light those later. Communion will serve to you in your seats, so you won't have to get up for that. And if you don't have a bulletin, be sure that you have that, because we'll be using that all the way through. But we're going to start out with a couple songs from the worship team. Uh, I want to remind you that the offering boxes are on the back. We have the typical ways to give online if you're interested in that. Uh, don't forget the end of the year is coming up. But we just want to thank the Lord for everything he has done for us. And tonight we will celebrate the birth of Christ. Yeah. 
Oh 
This is, as I said, I know, uh, I think a few of you might not have heard, but um, I said this is my absolute favorite service that we do all year. And I love tradition. I love things that, are, that, that remind me maybe of simpler times, uh, of times when things seemed a little less chaotic, at least in my life. Um, I know it was probably all just an illusion because chaos is always there. Um, But sometimes those traditions and when we do things like that, it just brings us back to to a place where our hearts just weren't burdened with so much. And it brings us into community with people all over the world who are observing the very same traditions that we are. Maybe they do it slightly in a different way, but it's as simple as you go down the street and you see people with Christmas trees in their windows, and you think, I have a Christmas tree. We're all celebrating Jesus Christ together, and it's a sense of fellowship and a sense of community with people that you may never even meet, but you know that they're observing those same traditions. So those traditions are powerful, and that's what tonight is about. Tonight's services unlike any other that we do. We will be doing a call and response format. Uh, And as I said earlier, it is a corporate lifting of our prayers and our petitions to the Father and then agreeing together. Amen. And so if you look at the bulletin, hopefully you got one. If you didn't, be sure and grab one now. And if you didn't get a candle, be sure and grab one as well. But if you look in it, you'll have to follow along, and we kept the lights up so you could do that, because I know it's tiny print for some of you. So we'll start out, I greet all of you in the name of the Father, the Son, 
and the Holy Spirit. Perfect. You guys are going to get this. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I have a reading from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Your turn. Oh, it was my turn. Sorry. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. That's my bad. We're going to start over now. Sorry about that. Goodness, this is fun. And now my iPad just decided that it's going to delete the message. Bear with me one moment. I will find it. Satan, you will not have your way. Okay. Found it. Thank you, Jesus. A reading from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. And upon the throne of David and over his kingdom. To establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. 
This is the word of the Lord. Well done. Tonight, we gather here to celebrate, of course, the birth of Jesus Christ. Not only, though, as our Lord and Savior, but as the fulfillment of promises from God. The first hint of those promises happened all the way back in the garden. Genesis 3.15 reads, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. And so the waiting for that Savior began. Another glimpse of that promise is found in the Torah, in a most unlikely book, the book of Numbers, written by Moses during the Exodus, while he and the Israelites fleeing were camped at a place called Moab. This is from Numbers 24. This is verse 17. I see him, but not now. I look at him, but not near. A star shall appear from Jacob. A scepter shall rise from Israel and shall smash the forehead of Moab and overcome all of the sons of Sheth. This foretells the victory of God over all who would oppose his children. So we wait. We wait for the final victory. The tradition of candlelight services on Christmas Eve is often called a candlelight vigil. And why the word vigil? Vigil, the pure definition of the word vigil, is a period of staying awake during a time when you would normally be asleep, especially to keep watch or wait or pray. And in Christian tradition, it has come to be a festival day or the eve of a festival day or holy day or religious observance of some sort. There's a vigil held before that. And the tradition of a Christmas Eve vigil began very, very early in the Jerusalem church. It was actually started as the consummation of the Advent feast. Now, Advent as many of you know, literally means coming in Latin. And the first celebration of Advent began um, about 380 AD or so. The first mentions of it began about 380 AD. And it was a three-week fast in preparation for what was known as the Feast of Epiphany. Now, that brings up another question. What is the Feast of Epiphany, you may ask? Does anybody here know? I know, I know many of you probably do, but let's talk about it. Epiphany is celebrated 12 days after Christmas. So it's typically on the 6th of January. It's always on the 6th of January. And it's a time when Christians remember the wise men who visited Jesus. Because that's how long after they did that. When you sing the song, the 12 days of Christmas, those are the days that you're talking about there. The celebration is symbolic of the time that the Jewish Messiah was first being introduced and revealed to the Gentiles, which is good news for most of us in this room. Over time, multiple traditions have blended together to form what 
many Protestants see as this four-week time of preparing your heart, spiritual preparation for the coming of the Christ child. Now, Jewish tradition, the reason we do this at night, ending hopefully somewhere around midnight, is that Jewish tradition is that a day starts at sundown. And so when we work backwards through what Scripture tells us about the time of the birth of Christ, it is thought that Jesus was born about what we would call at midnight. This is why we have these midnight vigils. And so we gather together to hold a vigil like this in anticipation of the first advent of Christ. Imagine if you were a Jew thousands of years ago. Thousands of years ago, you had heard hundreds of prophecies. You had heard about this promised Messiah. You had heard that this Messiah would come from within the people. Deuteronomy 18.15 says, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your countrymen, and you shall listen to him. Can you imagine being a parent thinking, could my child be him? But when Jesus came, they missed it. They were looking for something entirely different than what they found. And I think sometimes with all the trappings of Christmas and all the trees and all the gift givings and all the lines at the mall and all the things that we do, I think sometimes we miss it too. We see all the trappings of the holiday, but miss the sun around which it orbits. Paul wrote this to the Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 4, this is verse 4. Uh, through, I think, six, four through six. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays in the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let the light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts, to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. The light of Christ is in the hearts of everyone who calls him Lord. If we go about our days cursing the darkness, or worse yet, spreading the darkness in this world, we really only have ourselves to blame. And the choice is yours. Paul wrote this to the church in Philippi, Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence and if anything is worthy of praise, think about these things. Why do you think Paul had to instruct them in that? It seems like we would all logically much rather think about good things than bad things, but we have an enemy who wants to get us wrapped up in all the bad things, all the ways that even good things could go wrong. But the choice is ours. Paul instructs us to think about what is pure, 
what is excellent. So when I go to sleep tonight, that's what I'll do. I'll do so in a praise of a God who gave his one and only son for me and for you. And when the sun rises tomorrow, I'll see the light of Christ overcoming the darkness. And I'll celebrate Christ born as a promise fulfilled. Would you pray with me? Father God, we are so humbled to sit here expecting a Savior to come. He came once, we know from promises that he will come again. And we believe in those promises. We trust in those promises. And so when we go to sleep tonight, we will do so secure in the knowledge that he came once and he will come again. So Father, we praise you for this time, this time of peace, this time of love, this time of mercy, this time of focusing our hearts on the one who gave it all for us. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We are going to take communion now. They're going to come around. They're going to pass out the elements to you. While they do that, they're just the little cups. We just do that to make it easier for this time. So you'll peel back the top layer, and it's got bread, and then the bottom inside cup has juice. So don't take it yet. We'll take it together once everybody has one. All right. So peel back the top. Take the bread out. From Luke 22, verses 19 and 20. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take the bread. And now peel back the top. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This is the cup which is poured out for you. It is the new covenant in my blood. Take the blood of Christ. Single holy night with us. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Thrill of a thrill of hope The weary world rejoices For yonder breaks A new and glorious morn Fall on your knees Oh, hear the 
give thanks to the Lord our God. Scripture teaches us that Jesus is the light of the world. And so the center candle represents Jesus. We're going to light the candles now. And what I'll do, the lights are going to come down, so don't let that startle you. I'm going to take the center candle and I'm going to begin passing it to the front rows who will then light their candles and then pass back until everyone has them. 
and then we will sing Silent Night together. Before the birth of our Savior, we were literally in darkness. Verse 12 reads, Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Hold your candles high while we sing Silent Night together. Love's pure. 
with the dawn of redeeming grace. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round young virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly your candles on your way out if you could just put them in that bin that's back there would you all please join me in the benediction some of you may know it Psalm 23 Psalm of David the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside quiet waters he restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Go in peace and with the love of Jesus Christ in your hearts. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs>